0: The way it is with Sunan.
1: And now I'm joined in studio because it's Wednesday and it's just after half past four by Paul Bulger. He's a chartered physiotherapist and uh, he works with his colleague in nano physiotherapy and they do classes and you do mm-hmm. lots of private sessions as well. Yeah. We haven't talked about sort that classic, really Paul. Yeah, some one on one
0: work, a few home visits as well. Um, But, yeah, the classes, the exercise classes are something we're both really passionate about, trying to get people moving, keeping them fit and healthy uh, under the supervision of physios.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And we do have to send commiserations because your other claim to fame are your two cousins uh, on the Galway team.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a pity. Uh, look, Limerick looked pretty unstoppable. I don't know if you saw it, but I did. There course. was a point, I, was to I, it, yeah. I, I think I was watching it with my dad at home and about 10 minutes before halftime not even maybe five minutes before halftime Galway were up by about six and then Limerick just clicked into another gear yeah. and yeah yeah
1: you just can't keep your take your eye off the ball exactly yeah. used to always be with Kilkenny and it happened with Kilkenny as well on Sunday but um yeah yeah poor Galway poor but Kilkenny Henry.
0: have their hands full now in the final so yeah if they can pull it up to Limerick yeah, uh, it should be a serious game. Yeah. Have
1: you ever worked with a sports team? Paul? I've worked with
0: a few over the years, worked with some rugby teams. Um, I, I've worked with plenty of other sports people, um, but never, never at that level. I got some friends who've worked intercounty and serious commitment. Yeah, serious is it? commitment. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, training sessions, matches. Um, uh, the hours are obviously a bit different, too, but um, It could be really interesting being part of that team environment, especially when the team are like Gilkenny in the final now. That'd be a a great place to be, I think, as a physio. Yeah,
1: very good. Well, listen, we're going back to um, what we were starting to talk about um, really and get into last week, Paul, which was the whole subject of pain, the concept of pain. Mm. What is it? Yes. How do we deal with it? Yeah, it's a huge subject,
0: isn't huge it? subject, huge subject, too. And like I was just saying to you off air, I was a bit apprehensive um in, in how I might approach this because it is such a it can be so distressing for people. A lot of people have their own experiences of pain. They've witnessed pain in people that they love. And it is very much an individual experience. And it has been known to cause great distress. Now, pain. Everyone has experienced it pretty much and mm-hmm. often it's not that big a deal. It, it lingers for a period and then it eases off as thing as we recover and we get better. Um, but the problem with pain is when it doesn't behave as we're used to. It doesn't e- behave as we would expect. So that's when you start to see real problems with pain. And that's where pain becomes a, a much bigger burden for people, for healthcare systems, for, for everyone, really. Um, so what I want to do today and, and maybe next week as well is just to demystify pain a bit, try and open people's minds up to what pain is, um, because if we can understand it a little bit better, we might be able to then approach it a little bit better um, and people can maybe gain a bit more control over a pain issue if it comes about for them, we'll say. So difficult topic to broach, but um, a really interesting one. So. Yeah, hope we can make a bit of sense of it.
1: So, what is it?
0: What is pain? Okay, well, so there is a definition here, Sue, that I have the International Association for the Study of Pain. They define pain as uh, an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. Okay, so. I want to point out a couple of really key words in that, I think, so sensory and emotional. So pain is not just a signal coming from the body, there's an emotional element to it too. Usually it's associated with negative feelings, you know, Um, and it's associated with actual or potential damage. So pain, pain mightn't be much use to us if it told us when we were damaged, because it would be too late, we'd have caused some harm. So, it's good pain sort of kicks in usually if it's working right before we've caused any harm. Uh, and it's like a warning signal um, before you cause damage. So, like a lot of other experiences, like for instance, experiencing happiness or sadness, pain is sensory and emotional. You might feel it in a part of your body, it comes with different emotions. Um, but a lot of people, uh, a lot of the top pain scientists will. Uh, Uh, This is just touching on the point on actual or potential tissue damage. Uh, A lot of the top pain scientists talk about pain as being a protector. So it protects us before we can cause harm to ourselves. Um, I've heard it described before to be like an alarm system or like a guard dog. Okay, so if, for instance, an alarm system is working right, like a fire alarm, it'll go off and warn you before any damage happens to the house or if a guard dog is working right it'll let you know before anyone comes and robs you or causes harm to your to your property um but they can sometimes malfunction we'll say they can become oversensitive so you know you might have a dog who starts barking at your friends as they approach or it might bark at dogs as they go by it can become a bit too sensitive and start reacting to things maybe you don't want it to react to Pain can behave in similar ways, too. We'll talk a bit more about that. Um, but yeah, on the point of pain being our protector. We wouldn't be alive today without pain. OK, there are people born who cannot feel pain.
1: And that's disastrous, presumably. It yeah. is.
0: It is. And some people might think, oh, that'd be a nice thing. Uh, mm. But it's definitely not. Uh, it's a congenital insensitivity to pain, we call it. Very rare. And these people don't usually live past early childhood due to complications from injury yeah so pretty disastrous if you can't feel pain
1: that's really definitive though isn't it they don't live beyond
0: some of them do but a, a, a large percentage of these people are dead you know in you know when because they're
1: they don't have that alarm system yeah,
0: exactly yeah so so they might have they cause repetitive tissue damage they could have um they could get like injuries or infections related to that. And usually they will die from complications maybe associated with that.
1: With accidents, basically. Accidents, they, they hold themselves things. in yeah. funny
0: positions and and they don't have that signal from their body. Basically, That's
1: amazing. So what you're saying there is pain is a good thing, potentially.
0: It is. Uh It's again, yeah, it's like anything in life. I mean, mm. Too much of it's probably a bad thing. Yeah. Um. But generally speaking, uh, like we wouldn't be here today without pain. Mm -hmm. So it's very much our protector and it warns us of potential harm as well as harm. What you
1: said earlier on seems a bit counterintuitive, though, you know, that it's it's a warning before the damage is done, you kind of think of. Well, you fall, you break your leg mm. or you break your ankle or something.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: The pain will come, you think, afterwards. Yes. Won't it?
0: Yes. And that does, it absolutely works that way, too. Um, but if you think about, let's say, if you're leaning on a joint in a funny way and you start to get an ache and it gets sore, mm-hmm. it gets a bit painful. So then you can move away from that before you actually cause, let's say, any harm. Uh, but there are absolutely instances where you just cause damage. There
1: okay. and then. OK. Or okay. I'm just trying to think of instances a child goes near the fire if yeah. they don't feel the,
0: the pain
1: of the fire, then mm. they're going to leave their hand in the fire and then they do terrible damage. Exactly. So that's yeah. the kind of thing you're Whereas if about. your pain is working as yeah. it
0: does for most you people, back. you pull away before yeah. any real harm okay. can, can take place. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So look, pain is very much our protector. Um So just on the point of actual or potential damage um i've got a few sort of interesting stories here about damage and pain and how they don't always line up as we might expect um so i'll touch a bit on scans because often the results of scans people see all these changes in scans and they don't always line up with pain okay so a few interesting points Uh, one research group looked at athletes under the age of 22 and they scanned them these were elite tennis players, elite young tennis players. And what they found when you take an MRI of these young tennis players, 96 percent of them had some sort of what you would call an abnormality on a scan. OK, and these are people without pain. OK, so the real question, I think, from that is, um, how can you call it abnormal if everybody's got something? Again, I think this goes back to what we we're talking about last week in posture and there is no ideal posture. Mm-hmm. Everyone moves a bit different. Everyone's shaped a bit different. We're all built a little differently. So, again, there's things will pop up on scans in people who are pain free. Other things that we see on scans is um, things like disc degeneration, if you might have heard of that, Mm -hmm. which is a very common finding on scans, 20 year olds, so people only 20 years old, about 37 percent of them from, from one study were found to have disc degeneration on an MRI scan without any pain. Okay, so this is 20 year old people, so over a third. And then as people got older, you saw more uh, it was more common. So 50 year olds, 80 percent would have some disc degeneration on a scan and they didn't have pain. And then up to 80 year olds, you have over 90 percent of them have disc degeneration. But
1: no need to do anything.
0: No need to do anything. Yes, absolutely. And there are times when scans are important. And results from scans can absolutely be linked with people's pain. Um, but there are many times out there where people get scans. They see all these things on their scan, a big, scary list of words. Yeah. It's more common to have these changes on a scan than it is not to. What's important is if you match up the scan finding clinically with the person's symptoms. So that's what a physio might do. We might look at their scan and say, right, does that line up with what I'm seeing in this person's pain? and if it does then it's probably relevant you know but often with scans they don't they're they're not always associated with pain and you see similar similar findings with disc bulges you see similar findings with that plenty of them in people with no pain they tend to increase as people get older but again not always associated with pain um a couple of other things on damage and pain. So I have two really interesting stories that come from sort of the opposite ends when it comes to the amount of pain felt and the amount of damage caused. One relates to a surfer. Her name's Bethany Hamilton. Now she was a pro surfer. I'm pretty sure she's finished now. If people are familiar with surfing, they know Bethany Hamilton because she surfs with. She only has one arm, and the reason she has one arm is when she was 13, she she grew up in Hawaii, and she was at prodigal, uh, prodigious young surfer Um, and she was out surfing when she was 13 with some friends and she was ambushed by a tiger shark, 14 foot tiger shark. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, And it came up and it it clamped onto her arm. There's there's now there's not videos of the attack on YouTube, but there's videos of Bethany talking about it on YouTube. Right. Clamped onto her arm and ripped it off just below the shoulder. Now, Bethany, as she recalls this instance, Uh, this incident she doesn't recall any pain at the time and she was about 500 meters from shore so she had to get back to shore with her friends and then get to hospital she recalls no pain from then to the time she got to hospital so a huge huge injury absolutely no pain that she she felt at the time and there's one other really interesting story that comes out of from the opposite end so this is uh, from a doctor's report in A&E um, this could be back in the 90s, I think in London. So the doctor reported that a builder aged 29 came to the accident and emergency department having jumped down onto a 15 centimeter nail. As the smallest movement of the nail was painful, he was sedated with fentanyl and midazola. so strong, heavy strong heavy, heavy painkillers. Stuff, yeah. um, the nail was then pulled out from below. When his boot was removed a miraculous cure appear to, appeared to appear to have taken place despite entering proximal to the steel toe cap the nail had penetrated between the toes the foot was entirely uninjured so this guy came in in agony had to be sedated to have the nail removed and had absolutely no injury okay so i think they're two nice almost contradictory stories in a way you have bethany hamilton arm ripped off no pain this fella Believed he had jumped onto a nail, through his foot, uh, was in agony, had to be sedated uh, and had absolutely no injury.
1: So what are we taking? What's the takeaway from this then today?
0: Pain's pain's a bit crazy. It can behave in crazy ways. Um, now, these two are really, really um, extreme examples. Of course. We'll say.
1: But they're used to illustrate the mm. nature of pain,
0: the nature of pain or the and that it doesn't always behave maybe as as we think it might, yeah. you know.
1: And you want to tell people about this mm-hmm. so that they we all understand pain better because you as a physiotherapist, mm-hmm. is pain the main thing that people come to you? Well, that's usually with. why they do come. It yeah, is. It's almost just always. all about pain.
0: Almost always someone comes because they have pain. They want to do something to get out of pain or the pain is interfering with what they want to do with their life.
1: And what's the first thing that you established then?
0: It's, it's going to vary with everybody. So uh, look, generally speaking, people want to know what's going on. Um, so again, we would run them through a number of tests. For me, a big thing is their story. Uh, what What caused what happened, it? What yeah. happened? How has it been since? What's making it worse? What makes it better? Are there any interesting or strange ways your pain behaves? Uh, does it linger around for long? Does it ease off quite quickly? All of these things can tell us a lot about that person's pain.
1: And you're not coming in with the drugs. No, you're coming in with the physio.
0: We're coming in with physio. We're not allowed to prescribe drugs. Yeah, yeah that's that's the doctor's job, I suppose. But um, it, yeah, so pain, like you said, is is the main reason people come to see us. Um, But often there's a bit of a misunderstanding out there as to what pain really is. So so what I suppose I I do want to do is open people's eyes up a little more, open their minds up a little more, because often people who do come in in pain, they will they will see they'll get to know their pain and they'll see it behaves in strange ways and reacts to different things. Maybe that sometimes they're not too forthcoming with, you know, sometimes people will walk in and they'll just tell the physio what they think the physio wants to hear, they'll talk about, oh, often again with back, it might be, oh, you know, my back's sore, but my posture's no good. So that's probably why. Mm-hmm. But once you start to dig into it, people often see that their pain behaves in different ways. W- one thing that often people realize is, say, for instance, stress can have a massive influence on their pain, but often they're not that forthcoming with that information. But and not until you get to know the person a bit and you start to talk about it that they say, Hey, actually, by the way, that does influence me in it's this worse way. I know when, this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so they they know their pain behaves in different ways. Um, and I think it's important for people to be forthcoming with that information, to their doctors, to their physios, to whoever it is that they see, because that tells us a lot about the pain and how it affects them and how we might approach it. So I think that's really important.
1: OK, well, next week, where are we going? We're staying with pain then. Paul. We'll stay
0: with pain. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about um, other factors related to pain and the prognosis of pain. So, so things that might influence the risk of someone actually suffering from pain and particularly from pain becoming persistent. Yeah, because a pain works the way it's supposed to work. It's not usually a problem. But when it. Starts to hang around
1: and turns into a chronic,
0: exactly, story, yeah, condition, yeah, for sure.
1: One of the things that about pain that always fascinated me as a mother was the pain of childbirth, Mm. which is a completely productive pain, yeah, you know, it's like it's unlike any other pain, usually. Well, I'm sure 90. Nine percent of the time, mm. it's a pain. That's a, an indication that things are going well. You know, the contractions are happening, and yeah. and so on. And that's that's always fascinated me about pain as well. It's not yeah. always about something that's bad.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I kind of look. I can't. I can't relate to that no, one can't. personally. <laughs> but um, I, I suppose yeah, context is so important. Yeah, and what you expect and what you expect to get out of a situation. These things are really important, you know, when it comes to pain.
1: OK, well, look, um, your blog will be up. Yeah. You've got something else? I've got to a see?
0: couple of other little stories. OK, yeah, a couple of interesting Two minutes. studies. No yeah. problem. OK, tell you what, I'll go to one of them. OK, because um, the beautiful experiment that was done um, and it shows that love helps to reduce pain. OK, so oh, very good. What the researchers did in this study was they applied a painful stimulus to someone, okay, in a, a hot stimulus, a metal box. And they exposed people to four different scenarios. Group one were exposed to, they had their partner with them and their partner would touch their hand as they experienced the pain. Group two, uh, their partner was in the room, didn't touch their hand. Group three, a stranger touched their hand. And group four, there was nobody there with them. They just went through the pain experiment. And what they found was the group whose partners was there touching their hand, everything else being equal, they were exposed to the exact same stimulus. They experienced less pain. So love, love eases pain. Oh,
1: soon. love conquers all. That's lovely. OK, thank you very much, Paul. And as always, your blog is up. Give us the addresses and how people can find you on social media and so on. Yeah.
0: So nanophysio.ie. Uh, that's the website, social media on Instagram, nano underscore physio and nanophysiotherapy on Facebook. Um, we'll be putting some information up on this if people want to know more. There's plenty more information in the blog.
1: OK, and more on pain.
0: More on pain. Oh, coming more up. pain I next know, week. I know. Um, about round it.
1: about half past four. Listen, thank you very much for joining us as always. Uh, Paul Bulger of Nanophysiotherapy. And your class is still going on?
0: Class is still going on, soon. In, in the watershed. In the watershed, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, people can just get in touch, check out our website. Yeah, they're more than welcome along.
1: And it's for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. The way it is with Soonan.